What's up, beautiful people? It's me, Ricky Jones Jr. Back again for another video. And as you all know, we are on another episode of reading the book of Acts, okay? And this one is, we are in chapter 3, verse 8, okay? As to what we left off on. Therefore, we're going to pick up today on and in the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 9. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so, we'll go ahead and get to it. I'm going to go ahead and do my 30-minute counter, and we will have some fun. So, again, my wife said this is reading and commentating, okay? Largely because my wife is going to be doing some readings where she reads the Bible, go through the Bible in a year, and all those fun things. So, definitely be on the lookout for that content and other uh, episodes. We're going to get back to the um, interviews and all those things. We're just making a, a slow shift in the things that we're doing. So, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get into it. And first, I'm going to start in prayer, right? I believe prayer is necessary, and we do pray. However, I usually pray off camera, but this time I was like, why not do it on camera? So we thank you, Lord God, for this great day and this opportunity that we have whenever those who come in contact with this video comes in contact with it. We have the ability to read the word and learn and grow because of the word that we do read to get today. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our comforter, our guide and our voice of wisdom and reason as we read through the text. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will open our ears, open our minds to all that God would have for us to know and reading the word. And we thank you in advance that we're better because of it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, goody, 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 gum drop. I'm going to go ahead and restart my time, right? Boom. All right. So, let's go ahead and get going. Acts chapter 3, verse 9, and it says, All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. Remember, this is the guy that was paralyzed and brought to the gate in which he was asking Peter and John, yes, for uh, for money, right? And Peter said, what I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you. Took his hand up and he started walking. So here we are, pick up all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the same, or excuse me, the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. How about that? Come on now. How about something that taking place that leaves other people absolutely astounded, right? And so again, we're reading this, reading what took place in this time. However, realizing and recognizing that we too as believers being filled with Holy Spirit have the same capabilities to allow for others to be made whole and to be made well, which will leave others astonished because they remember, right? People don't forget. People don't forget how people were when change does takes place. However, it does leave room and opportunity for people to celebrate, congratulate, and be astounded, as the word says, because of the change that people go through, which is why oftentimes when we are living a good life, right? We, we've lived life before, and most often when we start life, you live life wrong, but then you realize, oh man, right is what I need to be doing, and so you come to Christ, and you get right on the inside and start living that inside change on the out and people start to recognize like wait there's something different about you i'm a i'm astounded and astonished because of the change that i've seen maybe it's not you being lame and being crippled from birth but maybe it's because you were acting promiscuously and now because of jesus you're starting to live right starting to do right starting to treat people right and treat people the way they should be treated which is with love and respect and people are like man i noticed something different about you right and you have the ability to witness just as this man did. And so here it says, they were absolutely astounded. Verse 11, they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade. 
where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. So they saw him a little ways off and they were amazed and rushed out to see this man holding tightly to Peter and John. I could see this man holding tightly, right? In a sense like, man, y'all gave me something that I've been wanting my whole life. Just think about it. He, again, was asking them for money, yet they gave him health, strength, and the ability to use his ligaments in ways that he hadn't before. Don't you believe that man probably was holding on tight like, man, like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Oh my goodness. What I'm able to do now, I wasn't able to, be, to do before. And it's because of you, right? He's seeing them naturally saying it's because of you, even though Peter said what he said, right? And so I could just see the joy, right? Even though I'm not physically there, I could mentally see the joy that this man had, right? And the amazement the thankfulness the wonderment of how did this happen but i don't care let me hug on to the one that has brought me the strength to my legs right and so in verse 12 it says peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd people of israel he said what is so surprising about this and why stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power or godliness come on now Peter's like, wait a minute. All right, I see y'all rushing out. I see this whole kerfuffle taking place, but let me go ahead and set this thing straight. Why, why are you astonished? Why are you acting like it was us, right? Peter's letting people know. Come on now. For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. So there, Peter's like, hold on now. What you're seeing done at this time is not because of me, but it's to give glory to Jesus, that same Jesus that y'all uh, cast away when Pilate was like, mm, I'm open. I'm open to, you know, allowing Jesus to remain alive, but yet y'all beg for the, the, the thief to be saved and Jesus to be hung on a cross. Come on now. But I love the way Peter did it. Peter spoke in a way that the people there was able to relate. This is the same God as Abraham, as Isaac, and of Jacob. Speaking to Israelites, right? People of Israel, he knew that would connect with them because they lived in that lineage of worshiping and honoring God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, which is a, a lineage, right? And so there it is. Peter was trying to make it straight. And then he said, you rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. He said, the murderer wasn't a thief. Thank you for the clarification Bible, right? See, you know how you think you remember a thing, but then you go back and read that thing, you realize it wasn't what you had remembered exactly. And so instead of allowing Jesus to live longer, the people cheer for the murderer to be released, uh, Barnabas, and um, instead of Jesus, right? And then it says, goes on to say, you killed the author of life. Wow. Wow. Verse 15, you killed the author of life. What a statement, Peter. Peter was bringing out the boxing gloves and was ready to hit him with haymakers and one liars. And my God, what a line that was. You killed the author of life author of life everything that we see that's alive and that's living jesus is the author of it 
how is he the author? What makes the author an author? Because they write words. They put together words and sentences in ways in which brings imagery to the people that read those words. And here, Peter recognizes Jesus as the author of life. Or in other words, Jesus is the foundations, the very words of the life that we live. How can we say this? How do we know this? We can refer back to Genesis. In the beginning, uh, what, well, that's that's John, right? I'm, I'm now thinking of John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, the Word being that of the form of Jesus. And so here, Peter is letting us know, you killed the author of life. You killed the one, the very essence of life in which we live because Jesus took on the form of flesh, right? Once of with God in heavenly places, but took on the form of flesh, but yet you killed him. Come on now. But then he goes on to say, but God raised him from the dead. But God, come on now, don't we love a but God moment? I mean, even in culture and in, in talking to people, we love a but God, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was driving and I was wondering how I was gonna make it on time, but God, but God made all the lights turn green, you know what I'm saying? Then you do but God moments. I love that, Peter had a but God moment. And we are witnesses of this fact. How can he say that? Because again, we read in the first video, I believe, or the first episode of reading here in Acts, where once Jesus died, he then came back and was amongst the disciples. So there, Peter is talking about that experience that they had. Here it is. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So Peter is again giving honor and credit where honor and credit is due. Peter's letting people know it is not me in which this man is able to walk and be the way he is right now because you know how he was before. However, it is faith in Jesus' name and uh, right faith in Jesus' name that he this man was healed so it's not faith in myself it's not faith in the faith that i have no it's faith in jesus name right and it just tells you how powerful how mighty how purposeful the name of jesus is and so when we do act in faith and on faith for things it's not using our faith to act on a thing right we've all been dealt a measure of faith no we use faith in jesus name just as peter did so that we can receive those things in which we desire, pray for, and ask for. And so here it says, friends, verse 17, I realize that what you are, uh, excuse me, friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things, right? So here it is. Peter is letting us know as readers, as he did the people that day, that what took place was beyond their thinking. It was beyond what they had the uh, mental capacity and ability to comprehend, but it was something that Jesus had already preordained, foretold of, and spoke of through the prophets in the Old Testament. And then it says in verse 19, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. So here it is. If you want your sins to be wiped away, it is true for you as it is for these people here. All you have to do is repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away, right? At the end of this episode, I'll, I'll give the opportunity for you to turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away, so that you may be filled with Holy Spirit, and so that you may live a life more abundantly as we are reading about here 
in the message, or excuse me, in the, in the text, right? And then in verse 20, then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. So letting us know, Jesus is gonna come back, right? For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. So there is a fulfillment of things that is necessary before Jesus does come back. And you may be wondering, what are those things in which Peter is talking about? Well, those things can be found in the book of the prophets, right? And so why do I say that? And how do I know that? At the ending of verse 21, it says, um, for the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. So there has already been written up, prophesied, and told about of the things that would take place, God would allow it to take place before Jesus returns, right? And so that's even why we also know, as the book says, the Bible says that no man knows the day or the hour in which Jesus is going to return. That's why when people say, oh, Jesus is about to come back, this day or Jesus is about to come back that day, you have to chill out on quickly believing what you're hearing because no man knows the date, no man knows the hour, and they can't say that if they know a thing, it's because they heard from God. Well, why can't they say this? Because God said it himself in the Bible itself that no man knows the date of the hour and God's word does not contradict himself. So God wouldn't say no man knows the day and nor the hour, but yet tells a man the day and the hour in which Jesus is going to return. However, you can be confident and know that Jesus will come back and that Jesus is coming back through the fulfillment of the things that were talked about in the prophets. So maybe one day we'll do a, a Bible study on what things were talked about and the prophecies that God would do before the um, return of Jesus, if you will, right? because it was already taught about of Jesus coming the first time. And so that was fulfilled. But there was texts and things wrote about and talked about of what would take place prior to Jesus coming back a second time, right? And so, you know, that'd be a fun, that'd be a fun uh, conversation and a fun Bible study. And so here in verse 22, it says, Moses said, the Lord your God will rise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Boom shakalaka. Then Moses said, anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Come on now. Started with Samuel. Every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to the people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. So here is a lot, right? But a lot is being said, but it's all referencing to what was said, okay? And so, you know, there's that. And I say it that way because oftentimes people can be caught up in what they read and are confused. And it's like, okay, well, here in this text, in this portion of text from verses 22 through 26, the conclusion of chapter 3, Peter is referring to what was said, what has been said, and how Jesus came, right? And not only did Jesus come, but Jesus came, as it says in the, in the back end, he was sent first to the people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back for your sinful way. So 
Peter is still talking to the Israelites that were there present trying to figure out what's going on. What's this loud noise? These people speaking in tongues. What is this all about? Peter is still talking to them. Peter is still uh, amongst them as well as those who congregated as the church, right? And so now we are in verse four, right? Or excuse me, chapter four. We're, we're moving along. This is the fourth episode and we're on the fourth chapter. So, hey. Here we go. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. Come on now. So this is about to be fun, right? So here we have some of the church folk, okay? Some of the, well, I won't say some of the church folk, some of the Israel leaders, right? Because what the disciples were doing was of a new thing. And yet the people that were already established as the people of Israel and doing things uh, customary to the Old Testament were still living life, right? Or Jewish people today. And so here we have uh, the people they came. Verse two, these leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus, there is a resurrection of the dead. Here is a dilemma, okay? And so here is for those that don't know, here's where you can start to see like where differences of beliefs come about right and so what peter and john and the disciples were talking and teaching is that people through jesus um we're teaching the people that through jesus there is a resurrection of the dead so in other words we have i being the weak when believing in Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that he died for our sins, so that he rose again, there is resurrection of the dead, right? And so the dead being those that, one, were dead in sin, right, in trespasses. And once you believe in Jesus, you then become and have a new life. You have life more abundant. You have the fullness of life, right? Because the Holy Spirit will come upon you will come within you and give you the ability the liberty and the freedom to live a life as god has purpose and ordained you to live prior to that you were living after your desires your sinful lust and compassion and things like that and even more so the jewish people would at this time the people of israel would come about and they would offer sacrifices once a year and that sacrifice would be so that god would see them in a form of holiness, a form of righteous before him, God. And so they would feel good about their relationship with God. And so here, here's a problem, okay? You're teaching against what we believe, but you're teaching these people where and amongst the area in which we believe this and are teaching these things. And so here, verse three says, they arrested them. And since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. So it was nighttime. They came at nighttime when it was dark, you know what I'm saying? Um, and they arrested them. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of believers now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And so prior to this count of 5,000, I believe the count was at 3,000. But I'm trying to go back, but boom, 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 trying to see if a, a number jumps out at me, in which a number does not jump out at me. Uh, but we did have in the beginning, there was 120 believers that gathered together. And then there was another number given that was around the day of Pentecost. 
which uh, oh, 3,000. That's what I thought. I just want to make sure, right? It was 120 they gathered before, and then there was 3,000 they gathered after um, the day of Pentecost, right? And they formed a community and all those things. And then at this point, through the messages of Peter and John and the disciples, 5,000 men, not including women and children, had come together within this community. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem, right? Jerusalem, where a lot of stuff went down. And so here, we got the creme de la creme, right? We got the council, come on now, of rulers and elders and teachers of religious law. Boom shakalaka, boom shakalaka, boom so boom shakalaka. They all met. They was about to talk about what was taking place because we hear what is being said and we know what we believe to be true and the things in which we're teaching and those two things contradict themselves. And so, uh, you know, you know, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm fighting uh, how far to go. However, here we see how the basis of belief and how um doctrine and how understanding what you believe can lead to persecution can lead to being jailed can lead to people deciding on what to do with your life when you're just simply teaching and saying what you believe and so here this is a reminder to believers that don't think it's strange when people are coming against the things in which you believe when you're just simply saying what you believe and teaches others about what you believe don't find it strange that people are coming against you. Don't find it strange that they're trying to put you away and try to squander your voice and stop you from doing what you're doing because they did Jesus. They did these disciples in the beginning. And I'm sure if you're teaching against what is the common thought or the thought of the, the day, they will come against you. So be bold, okay? And here are some verses that are going to give you the audacity to be bold. And then it goes on in verse 6, chapter 4. It says, Annas, the high priest, was there along with Asia, Siophilus. You know, the names are different back then. <laughs> John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest, they brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Come on now, like, we don't know where you're doing this. We don't know what power you've been given to teach the way you're teaching or to say the things that you're saying. But we want to know, who is it? Whose power, whose authority, whose name? And then it goes on to say, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, he was already filled, right? On that day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit came down, fell upon them, was within them. So he was filled from that day going forward, right? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, verse 8, Rulers and elders of your, or excuse me, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Come on now. Peter like, what, 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 what are we here for? You know what I'm saying? They had their reason, right? The reason was back in verse 2, um, in which they were disturbed at Peter and John. However, Peter's addressing the fact that they healed this crippled man, like, and he was letting it know straight up, like he did before. It wasn't in our name, it wasn't in our power, it wasn't in our strength. It was in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. You know what I'm saying? My man put it all out there. The man you crucified, 
but God raised from the dead. Like Peter was putting them people on blast. Peter, Peter's a fighter. And that's what a lot of people try to relate and do relate with Peter because Peter was about that life. He always stepped up to the plate and he always delivered. You can count on Peter to deliver the necessary words to make sure that damage is done and clarification is given. You know what I'm saying? Even when he denied Jesus, that man was passionately serious about what he had to say. But anyway, it goes on to say, verse 11, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Come on now, many songs have been written about Jesus being a cornerstone. And when was Jesus rejected? You may be wondering. Well, he was rejected multiple times, but there is the, the blaring sign and the blaring time when Pilate, you know, had him and the murderer before the people and they yelled out crucify him crucify him crucify him talking of jesus he was rejected but yet is now the cornerstone what is the cornerstone the cornerstone is that finance foundational piece to a foundation or a building that makes sure everything else that's built on top of it is sturdy strong and stable and so jesus being that cornerstone for all who will believe following him is just that jesus is my cornerstone that's why just as peter did we can as well believe in the name of jesus that those things in which we pray for ask or believe for we shall receive and so peter just you know peter peter don't peter do verse 12 there is salvation in no one else hallelujah god has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved come on now come on now there is no other name under heaven that men, women, boys, and girls shall be saved, can be saved, has the ability to be saved by the name of Jesus, okay? And then it goes on to say in verse 13, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus, but since they could not see the man, who had been healed standing right, excuse me, but since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. So boom, that's a beautiful thing where you have proof before you, which also takes place in course today. I mean, when you are before a judge, when you're before a council of your peers and of the people, if you have presenting evidence, there is nothing that somebody can hold against you that's contrary to the facts that they see so here peter was making it clear peter must have saw their buddy man was in the in the courthouse right or amongst the people or amongst the council so he was using what he saw to his ability and his benefit to get out of the situation that these councilmen was trying to put him in which is to find him guilty and to put him in to jail right peter's like hold on wait a minute what was done was not of my name, of my doing, but in the name and doing of Jesus Christ. But then the man started to realize, like, man, this man is speaking with boldness and confidence. And so shall we be being filled by the Holy Spirit when we are before people that may be against us or even people that are against us, but are listening to the things that we say. We should be able to say with conviction the things that we believe with boldness, with tenacity, with an un canning unwavering audacity because we know whom we are saying it through and who give us the authority and the capability to say the things that we say which is jesus himself god our father and the holy spirit within us okay and so even referring to another scripture in timothy right god didn't give us a spirit of fear but of power right of love and of a sound mind and that power that god has given us gives us the power to be bold 
when people ask us and ask us things or questions us and ask us things that may be contrary to what we've done or contrary to what they believe or contrary to status quo or contrary to culture. No, we have to be bold. And uh, so much so they were like, okay, we see what they say to be true because we see Buddy Man back there standing up straight and strong. And then we also are like, man, they're speaking with boldness and I'm, I'm understanding what they're saying and I'm believing what they're saying. However, we know to be true that they aren't learned men um, just as we are, right? We as the councilmen, they were, as it talked about, like um, teachers of the law, right? And so they knew they knew their stuff, but yet here, Peter, Peter and John, right? here holding their own. Verse 16, what should we? So now they're talking amongst themselves. Once they kicked out, you know, Peter and John, all of them, they're talking amongst themselves. What should we do with these men? They ask each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. Come on now. Come on now. How? 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 How, Sway? How do you expect as you are barriers and carriers of the word of God and the truth that Jesus lives and that he died and that he rose again and there is power in the person of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you and you going out and doing miraculous words, speaking of the greatness of God, know that people will come against you. However, what would they want to do? They won't want to silence your voice, silence what you are saying, because just even back here, here we have today, people are talking about people spreading their propaganda and not wanting people to talk in Jesus' name. Like, if it happened then, you have to know it's going to happen again. I'm sure you've seen times in which people have been silenced when the name of Jesus comes up. You know, I've seen clips of people saying, you know, keep that Jesus stuff somewhere else. We don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about sports. We want to talk about this. We want to talk about that. That is, again, where people are trying to silence the truth of Jesus and just throwing it out as propaganda. But no, it's the truth that once people have the truth, they want to share with everybody else. Right. And so because of that, we also have to have that same determination to be bold, to be courageous and to be forthcoming with the truth that we have that we know to be true because of the God that we serve. And so it goes on to say and um verse 18 so they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of jesus what y'all think happened what you think happened right verse 19 but peter and john replied do you think god wants us to obey you rather than him we cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard right um my pastor um or one of my pastors right Pastor Poe would say that somebody with an experience is never at the mercy of somebody with an argument. And so these brothers, Peter and John, had an experience with Jesus. And they were saying, based off of the experience that we had, you think we're going to stop talking about that experience, those experiences, because you telling us to, to stop? No, 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 no. We're not going to obey you. We didn't come in here obeying you. We came in here obeying God. And because of us obeying God, you brought us in here. So we can't leave the way that we came in. Probably, you know, that's just, that's just my addition. But nonetheless, come on now. The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God. 
For this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been laying for more than 40 years. So here we recognize and know the age or approximate age of the man that was crippled. It was it was over 40 years. And so with the people praising God because of the miraculous sign that was done, the council men then were like, okay, we're not trying to we're not trying to start a riot. We're not trying to get these people going to stir it up. So let us just be done with this bad boy, right? And um, that's a beautiful thing, right? When you have people cheering for you, when you are being bold and audacious enough to be who you are, to be unapologetically a Christian, right? You will have people cheering for you. And when you do have those people cheering for you, as you have those people cheering for you, one, yes, it will be a motivation to you, but then two, it will allow for others to try to then dwindle bad because they don't wanna start an uproar, right? And so usually the person with the, or the people with the loudest voices will get their wave. And so here's a case in which that case became true. Whereas they'll, the people, they were cheering, they were praising God and the council men seeing them, they're doing what they were doing. It's like, we don't want no problems. So I'm gonna just, um, trying to keep my time, trying to keep my time, right? And so let me read two more verses. Verse 23, as soon as they were free, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Verse 25, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against the Messiah. Verse 27, in fact, this has happened here in the this very city. But Herod and Tepes uh, appointed Pilate and the governor, the Gentiles and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear the threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with the boldness. Boom, shakalaka. That's the part I wanted to get to and I was destined to get to. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 31, where it lets us know that as they came together after being free, they first told the people there, right? The people we know to be numbered over 5,000 men or those 5,000 men not counting women and children right and so they came back and told them what took place and then the people that were gathered there started to pray they prayed for a boldness they prayed for signs and wonders to be done in the name of Jesus they prayed those things knowing that there were others against them however those others that were against and denied Jesus they spoke about during their prayer right and with that as the crux of why they believed and was praying against that from taking place today was so that they could be those bold ones they could be the ones that went against the grain and went against what the councilmen and the other leaders of that day were wanting them to do which is to squander their voice not say what they wanted to say not share about the experiences and the knowledge that they had of god and of jesus through the working of the holy spirit and so they prayed for a bonus they praised for signs and wonders to be done and in doing so the place shook right and they were all filled all 5,000 plus were filled with the Holy Spirit and then they preached the word of God with 
boldness they preach. Peter and John were the two that were before the councilmen and they came back to the disciples and the others that were gathered together in that community and the place shook and the Holy Spirit fell uh, upon, well, excuse me, and they were filled and they all, excuse me, this is the part I want to say, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, all, right? Two went in, many responded, all were filled and they preached the word of God with bonus. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what am I trying to say? What am I trying to get to? We have to come to a place where we are bold enough to speak and declare the word of God. We know the word of God to be true as we read the word, as we come in contact with the word through the life that we live. And we also know the word of God to be true through the experiences that we have, through the testimonies that we then gather, and even knowing through the testimonies of others, we are then able to use that, giving us the boldness and the audacity to preach and to teach the word of God. So all that being said, please don't, please don't, please don't allow for others to squander your voice, others to dim your light, others to stop you from saying what you know to be true and the things that you should say because they are against the truth that you have about Jesus and throwing it off as propaganda, throwing it off as um, just words that you're trying to brainwash people with. No, 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 no. It's the truth that you're trying to give knowing that it's the truth and it's the truth alone that will set people free. And so, um, all that being said, fun times, good times, whenever we're in the word of God, it all goes by fast. 30 minutes goes by so fast when you read the word of God. And so, you know, with that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and pray. Like I said, I would. And so, Father God, I thank you for this great opportunity. I pray for those that are watching this here video, that are listening to this here podcast. And there is a part of this episode. I thank you, Lord God, that they have not, if they have not accepted you, Jesus, as their Lord and personal savior, I thank you. They repeat after me, Lord Jesus, Thank you for this day. Thank you for the life that you've been able or given me the ability to live. And I thank you for the life that I can live through you. Because I believe in you, Jesus, that you died and that you were born again, raised again from the dead, that I might be saved. I thank you, Jesus, that this day forward, my life will never be the same because I'm a believer in you and therefore I'm empowered by you. Holy Spirit, come, invade my space, invade my mind, invade my body. I'm open to you, Lord. Do what you would have for me to do so that I can be all that I was born to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So, fun times, good times, great people. It's the first time I ever did that, so it was a little rocky, a little shaky, but as I did a little bit more to get better, but more than anything, what I want you to know is that to be safe, simply all you have to do is turn away from what you were doing and accept God into your life, as the Bible says, and accepting Jesus in your life, and boom, shakalaka, you are saved. However, we don't want you to stop there because being saved only prepares you for the eternal life, which is in heaven. However, there's life here on earth that you are to live and to be an ambassador for God. Therefore, being powered and filled with the Holy Spirit allows for you to live this life here and allow for thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Holy Spirit is a kingdom citizen that is in a governor and the governor's role when invading a new space is to make sure that the culture of the place in which took over the new place is that culture in the new. So now as a new creation, as a new creature, as a new person from the inside out you are in new territory you are walking around with the kingdom of god within you everywhere that you go and the holy spirit is there 
to be that governor to show you what you should see to tell you what you should know and to give you words so that you can say what needs to be said when the opportunity to speak comes and so allow for Holy Spirit to come within you just say openly that I surrender to where I am and to who I am I surrender to you God and I'm open to be filled by the Holy Spirit and I pray the Holy Spirit fills you and that you then experience life and life more abundantly and that's that kingdom life, right? As a kingdom citizen, you are now a kingdom ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, right? And so represent in a bold way, represent in a new way. And uh, just, you know, continue to lock in with the channel, continue to lock in with the podcast and lock into the episodes and things that we do on this channel. And we'll continue to allow for you to be strengthened in what this new is. So with that being said, great people, I appreciate you all. I love you all. This, again, was a fun reading. We're going to pick up next week. I'll probably go live next week. I think now um, I'm comfortable enough and I understand now what this is going to be like. So we'll go live on YouTube and on Facebook and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll pick up on verse 32 and we'll flow accordingly. Okay, great people. So with that being said, see you all at 8 p.m. on Monday going or excuse me, 8.15. 15 on Monday live in lemon color. Until then, love you all. Thanks.